0: Hey Church, it's Jonathan Brocious. Let's pray together today. But for now, I have considered it necessary to send Epaphroditus to you, for he is my brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to me in my need. Indeed, he greatly missed all of you and was distressed because you heard that he had been ill. In fact, he became so ill that he nearly died. But God showed mercy to him, and not to him only, but also to me, so that I would not have grief on top of grief. Therefore, I am all the more eager to send him, so that when you see him again, you can rejoice and I can be free from anxiety. So welcome him in the Lord with great joy and honor people like him, since it was because of the work of Christ that he almost died. He risked his life so that he could make up for your inability to serve me. Philippians 2, 25-30 I still have a soft spot in my heart for scuff. St. Clair Upper Front is a dormitory on the campus of Cedarville University. There were 11 rooms and 22 men that lived in those rooms. For many years, we became a family. We played, studied, ate, and lived together. We laughed at stupid jokes. We played video games. We hollered at each other across campus. After we got married, my wife told me that when she first arrived on campus, she thought we were some kind of fraternity. But we weren't. We were just a group of guys that loved each other. I'll never forget the Bible study that my roommate organized. I'll never forget the guy that called me every day through a whole summer for accountability purposes. I'll never forget how they drove hours to attend my wedding. After college, I was working for WRGN, a Christian radio ministry that's still doing amazing work in Pennsylvania and the Virgin Islands. Shortly after I started working there, Johanna and I got married. We had no money, but I found a tiny little apartment that only cost $450 a month, including utilities. The problem was that we didn't have a whole lot to put in it. But there was a group of supporters to the radio station called the Friends of WRGN. Turns out they were more than just friends to the radio station. They were my friends, too. One night, we showed up for a meeting and were surprised by a wedding shower. The meeting's agenda had been hijacked by their love for us. The same thing happened shortly after we moved to Illinois. We'd come through a pretty tough patch with Johanna's mom passing away. A little bit later, we were expecting our first son, Aaron. One day we showed up at church to serve in children's ministry, called The Rock at the time. To our surprise, all the volunteers in the children's ministry had collected baby clothes and diapers for our little boy without letting us know. It melted us. But love doesn't seem to just come from sources with four-letter acronyms like SCUF, WRGN, or The Rock. Early in our foster care journey, we came home to see a box in our driveway. It was a brand new trampoline with a note on it that simply said, thought you could use this. I still have no idea who gave it to us. I have tears in my eyes as I type this. In each of these stories, God showed us his love through his people, his church, his body, used their hands and their feet and their words to encourage me, to love me, to show me that I wasn't in a struggle alone. In Philippians 2, Paul gets into a paragraph talking about a guy named Epaphroditus. According to my research, Epaphroditus had been sent to Paul's jail cell in Rome with a gift of money to help keep Paul alive. In Roman jail, Paul would have been responsible to feed and clothe himself instead of having those things provided for him like we do in our current prison system. The gift that the Philippians sent through Epaphroditus was crucial to keeping him alive. But while Epaphroditus was visiting Paul, Epaphroditus got sick and he almost died. And then the Philippians that had sent him heard about it and got worried. Paul says that he sent Epaphroditus back to the Philippians so that their anxiety could be put to rest and so that Epaphroditus wouldn't have to be sad that they were fretting over him. Paul also expresses huge relief that God healed Epaphroditus, saying that it saved him from grief on top of grief. It's a beautiful paragraph because we see the love of the church. There's one paragraph with three characters, Epaphroditus, Paul, and the Philippian church. In one single paragraph, each of the characters has expressed a deep love for the other two, and not just with words, but with actions. They have given gifts. They have written letters. They have visited. They have been concerned for each other. It's a beautiful example of exactly the unity and love that Paul has been talking about for the entire letter. I've experienced that kind of love. It's the kind of thing that changes a man. My question for us today is how can we give this kind of love? Who can we encourage? I know that I've received plenty of love and encouragement over the years. There's many more stories that I couldn't put into this post, but how can I live it out today? Who am I concerned for? How can I love them? What needs can I meet? Let's pray. Dear Father, make me like Paul, Epaphroditus, and the Philippians. Use me to show your love to people like you did. Give me concrete action steps I can take, whether it's prayer, a phone call, a text, or a gift. Help me to take the love that you've given me and use it to bless others. And as I do, I pray that your church would be strengthened and Jesus would be praised couple things for you to think about today. First, bring some intentionality to this. Love doesn't happen by accident. And love is more than a feeling. It's an action. Make a list of the people around you that need to be loved. For each person on that list, write down an idea for how you could make their lives better. Pray over the list. And then start taking action. Thanks for joining me today. We'll see you next week.